now remain standing for a reading of God's Word. Beloved, now please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27 concerns uh, the crucifixion, the death of our Lord on the, on the tree. Our text this morning will be verses 56 through 66. Matthew 27, <clears throat> verses 56 through, 50, through 66. probably should start at 57. I don't know why I said 56, but it's 57 through 66. Here now the word of our God. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus, who went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Of soldiers go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Thus far, reading in God's most holy and flawless, inerrant, and inspired word. All flesh is its grass, and its beauty is as the flower of the field. The grass withers and his flower fades. Even the rich man in his pursuits fades away. But the word of our God endures forever. This is the word that was just read to you by God's grace. It will be blessed to your hearing as he's promised. Please have a seat. I know most churches are very eager to preach the resurrection, and we must preach the resurrection. Uh, that, that is a cardinal, foundational truth of all Christianity. But we have to understand the death of Christ before we can proclaim that he is risen from the dead. So our passage today has to do with his death, which was a true and human death. As difficult as it as difficult as it seems for us uh, when we read the Bible, knowing that the Lord Jesus is the divine Son of God, and He's God and man in one person, and nevertheless we do proclaim Him to be dead on the cross. And this is so because, this is so because He must, by His resurrection, prove that He is both Lord of the living 
and the dead. He is he's Lord over life and over death. He's Lord of all. And sin could not contain him. And the, the wages of sin, the recompense, the penal sanctions, the punishment, the wrath of God's justice against sin has been obliterated, has been canceled, has been lifted from all who believe in him. So we need to understand as being dead, as being buried in the tomb and lying still, and we'll consider that next time I, I come, hopefully I'll return from my, my vacation and my study leave. We'll consider the resurrection in the last, in, in the next, uh, in the following chapter, chapter 28, which is, of course, very, very glorious. The teaching this, for this morning, however, is that Jesus was certainly confirmed, even authenticated as being dead at the cross by credible witnesses, by credible authorities. Jesus was confirmed and authenticated as being dead at the cross by credible witnesses, by credible authorities. His scheme, his enemies schemed to prevent any rumor of his resurrection because a resurrected Jesus would vindicate his person, his teaching, his gospel. All right, his enemies, Jesus' enemies schemed, they plotted in secret to prevent any report of a resurrection because a resurrected Jesus would vindicate his person, would underscore the verity, the truthfulness of his teaching. That is to say, the gospel is true. That's why his enemies fought and continue to fight to repress the true knowledge of God as he is, as he is, it is narrated in this gospel. We'll see this in three points. No, we'll see it in two points. The first point supporting this uh, truth was that Jesus was authenticated as dead, as having died at the cross. How? How was, he, how was he vindicated? How was this truth supported? Well, Jesus was honored by a, a most unusual, in an unusual way, in a very unusual person, by a secret disciple, Joseph of Arimathea. And he's uh, done so in this narrative by <clears throat> Joseph's interest in preparing Jesus for burial. Now, that is an honor that we do to uh, are deceased uh, because we are not merely uh, animals. We don't just die and, and lie there on the, on the forest floor. Uh, we are in the image of God and our bodies are the Lord's first by creation and by redemption. And even as our shorter catechism says, our, even in the grave, our, our bodies, they lay in the grave still united to Christ in the Holy Spirit. Can you can you imagine? And so this, this teaching of, of the death of our Lord is very, very important. We must, we must see how this enters into the whole plan of redemption, makes sense of the whole Bible, from the threatenings of God to Adam, that in eating the, the, tr the fruit of the forbidden tree, that they he would surely die, uh, to the very last glorious anthem, of everlasting life, where death is swallowed up in victory. The whole Bible 
needs to be understood in terms of Jesus, his work, his teaching, but especially his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now, the Jewish law required his burial uh, because this was uh, <clears throat> the day of preparation for the Sabbath, was, uh, excuse me, for the Passover was ending. And remember that Jesus was the Passover lamb, and the timing of his death on the Jewish calendar was very, very important. He died as that lamb <clears throat> that was to uh, cover the blood of his people, just as in Exodus 12, the lamb was chosen by God, <clears throat> the blood was applied to the lintels of the houses. All those who believed God's Jehovah's instruction to uh, remain under the blood <clears throat> of the lamb, they were spared the execution of their firstborn. So Jesus was that Passover lamb. And, uh, but that had to be taken away and nothing left in place because it was there uh, the day of preparation, after the day of preparation. <clears throat> so the law, the Jewish law had to be kept. And even Jesus in his death uh, very, very passively kept the perfect picture of salvation because God is, his providence is unfailing. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's going to fulfill all types uh, of the, this, this Passover, even in a dead, the Lord Jesus, even in the dead Jesus. So Jesus is said here has died, <coughs> excuse me, um, he would have died uh, uh, around at 3 p.m. Uh, there on the Jewish Passover. And uh, Jesus' body then needed to be removed from the cross before sunset, approximately 6. And that would have been Sabbath. <clears throat> that is to say, no activity, uh, uh, no more work. Uh, again, <laughs> isn't this a picture of what Jesus' ministry is all about? Jesus was a servant of God who worked salvation. He worked salvation by fulfilling all righteousness on the, uh, of, the, of the commandments of God, every single law of God. That's He fulfilled all righteousness and His act of obedience, and impassively He submitted Himself to God's, the Father's will, uh, dying on the cross. And then He rested. Jesus is now resting uh, dead and will be buried um, as is proper because the Sabbath is the onset of the Sabbath, and here is the onset of the true rest. <laughs> no longer, no longer in pictures and in Jewish ceremonies, but spiritual, true spiritual rest. That's what we have with Jesus' end of end of life, is, is finishing his work, his ministry. All of his disciples then, uh, except John, had fled. They were scattered when, when, the, when the chief shepherd was struck, you know, all the, all the flock was scattered, as, as the scripture would say. Except John. John was faithful, um, and uh, he was with the women. We read from another gospel. But John himself had no time to make preparations. It was, had been a very long night. This was the very night of uh, the Lord's Supper there, the upper room, and then came Gethsemane, the the prayer time, but even John was sleepy. Maybe they caught, you know, a few winks, but not 40. He had no time to make preparations for this. He, didn't, he really didn't anticipate it. Nobody really understood what was going on, the significance of it. They were all shocked. The women then watched from a, a distance, probably traumatized. 
frozen in incredulity. You know, we read these things and we forget that these people are our friends and they, they, they love the Lord Jesus. And they, it was hard, it was very hard for these women and for John to see this. It's hard to think of the next steps beyond the surgery in the ICU. It's hard to plan for a funeral, a decent funeral, when you're with the physicians in ICU. And so who would assume this responsibility? And uh, this is where the Lord in his good providence ordained by decree a man named Joseph from a town of Arimathea, which is 15 miles east of Java. And Joseph, uh, being a wise ruler, uh, a member of the Sanhedrin and synagogues, and a man, a man of, of means, uh, did not seek his own, as many uh, uh, wealthy people do. They're always after comforts. They're after their own uh, enjoyments. They luxuriate in many things. But Joseph, no, he had love and respect for the Lord Jesus. And he was wealthy, and he had influence, and he is one of the very few wealthy that uh, took an interest in the Lord Jesus and followed him, although secretly he had much to lose by confessing Jesus openly. But this is in fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Again, we return to it today as we will uh, in all of this passage of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you know, the sufferings. Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 9, uh, speaks of the servant of God. They made his grave with the wicked, that is to say, among transgressors, the, 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 two, the, the, the two thieves on, on either side, but with a rich man in his death, though he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And so a very striking fulfillment of uh, a very unusual prophecy where he would be numbered with transgressors and yet would attain uh, the care and the benevolent, benevolent love of, of a wealthy person. But Joseph, Joseph of Matthew was a disciple of Jesus, but in secret. And now he's bold. Joseph had been mentioned in the Gospel of John with a question. Uh, and Jesus uh, taught him there. We're not told anything else about Joseph, except here he appears, and he appears at a very pivotal uh, position in the Gospel. He's a key figure here, and he's not, he's not an apostle. He's not one of those disciples that left all, and, but he has his part, a very important part. He risks his reputation in all of Judea. He would have been put out of the synagogue for just befriending Jesus, or, or even mentioning a kind word, he would have been suspect. But here Joseph goes to the civil authority, Pilate, and Pilate gives him permission. He gives the body over uh, to Joseph. Now that, that's, good, that's good procedure. Uh, note, of course, that the godly love procedures. If you're going to do something good for the kingdom, uh, even cooperating with the civil authority is to be recommended as a first attempt because all things are under the authority of Christ. All authority has been given him. The resurrected Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. And so you'd be surprised how many times the Lord will move the heart of a civil authority to cooperate 
And uh, I, even though Pilate had, you know, just recently sentenced him to death, still Joseph goes forward and addresses the most powerful man in Judea. That's faith. That, 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 is, that is, and also, my friends, Joseph can do this because he had unique influence. He had a unique stature. Not any one of us can do these sorts of things. We don't move in these circles. But the Lord has you in a place of employment. The Lord has you in a place in, a, in school. He has you in a neighborhood. He's given you tasks. He's given you positions. You can use your influence. You can use your talents in ways that no one else, no one else can. I'm not flattering Joseph. What I'm saying is he did his duty because he was a wise man and knew his place and time. And my friends, we need to be wise. We need to know our place. We need to know our time. We need to know the unique uh, ways that God has fitted us for unique opportunities. And by faith, advance upon those to the glory of God. So he did go. Now this in itself is an authentication, a confirmation, and a proof that Jesus was truly dead. The Pilate would not have given the body over uh, if he were not truly dead because he was to be sentenced. And the guards would have immediately told Pilate, well, wait a minute, he's not been executed. We can't give him the body. But this is absolutely uh, authenticated. And you can see in our preaching in Matthew 28, Lord willing, you'll see the significance of, of the authentication of his death through the guards and through the enemies of Jesus. What we're saying here is even the enemies of Jesus, even a Gentile, darkened Gentile mind will give glory to God and fulfill his will because heaven and earth necessarily fulfill all of God's will. And it was the Lord's will to bruise him and to uh, place him as a substitute for his people. He was, he was decreed from eternity past to die for the sins of his people. And this will be accomplished by every and all means. All things will conspire to fulfill God's will. Even his enemies that, even the enemies that uh, fight his will of precepts, his commandments, end up doing precisely what the Lord says must be done. Now, Joseph of Arimathea here honored the Lord Jesus. And this is a great example of, of a man who loves the Lord Jesus, knowing that this is a, not just a dead body. It's a body that's created in the image of God. Every, Jew would have, every Jewish person would have had this instinct that the bodies are to be laid properly to rest, and it, it, it was even improper to disturb the bones uh, of, of a dead person. It was thought to be a, a, a curse to be lifted up unless they were they're requested, like, like Jacob requested his bones to be transferred back to, uh, to his native land, and Joseph too. But uh, Joseph of Arimathea, uh, I mean, uh, he honored the Lord Jesus, and he provided a clean shroud. Isn't this interesting? Even in death, there's nobody that, the Lord Jesus, his dead body is not going to greet anyone. Why, why honor him with a clean clothes? Why not just put him in a burlap sack? This is honor. We honor our dead. But we especially honor Jesus. Because that flesh, still divine flesh, 
It's divine flesh. Joseph provided him a grave. He'd cut out a section of the hill there and uh, it became, as it were, a, a grotto or a cave. This is Joseph's own new tomb. It would have been a sacrifice. He probably paid good money before that lot. Would have been a choice place. And this was a new tomb, says our scripture, which means there had been no defilement. No dead body, no dead bones had ever entered in there. Jesus was not defiled in life, and Jesus was not defiled in death. Again, this is fulfillment, Isaiah 53, 9, provided then uh, Joseph of Arimathea. He provided a large stone, a, a large rock, to cover the entrance, and this would have been necessary because of wild animals, because of other people that might desecrate the tomb. Uh, Jesus had enemies. Um, now, he didn't seal it. That is to say, the Roman uh, governor Pilate would, uh, would seal it, and we'll speak, speak to that in a second. But uh, this is a, 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 godly, a godly service that a secret disciple takes the occasion to be bold now, every believer plays a vital role in the kingdom. There are no little people, as Dr. Schaefer had said. Every believer is gifted with an indescribable gift, the gift of Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Every believer is a temple, a walking, portable temple of the living God. Every believer is a light and salt. Every believer is a priest, a royal priest, and a new ruler in the new heavens and the earth. We've got to learn how to look at people differently. And this is not flattery. This is just what we are constituted in Christ. Joseph was such. He asked then for the body of the Lord. He had boldness. He had discernment. How do, we, how do we get discernment? By knowing the will of God and by walking in the light and in fellowship with God, he makes you wise so you are able to discern your time and your place. The Christian faith is much more than learning a list of commandments and doctrines. It is about using that knowledge wisely and suitably in situ, in your situation. And this is why uh, we teach, and this is why we exhort everyone to walk in the light according to the full teaching of the Lord Jesus, by faith, because it brings glory to God. And we, we then demonstrate ourselves to be little, as little Christians, as little, little Christs, because we have a portion of his anointing. And so Joseph of Arimathea is, is here a witness, a witness. What is your main witness? I know I speak a lot about being faithful at work and faithful among friends in the neighborhood, in your classrooms. Your main witness, my friends, is to be at worship. Your main witness is every Sunday to come forth from north, south, east, and west and to, as it were, reconstitute the body of Christ, which is invisible in the weak, and make it visible. To be a, a temple, not just in yourself, but among ourselves together. A temple. 
And when we keep the Lord's Day in this way, in the assembly, we do witness to who? Well, I'm sure some people around Great Falls Drive are watching, but primarily to principalities, to authorities, to all manner of men and angels that Jesus lives and that he truly died and that he found his rest after his ministry, fulfilling all things, and that he now serves us from heaven at the right hand of God the Father. That's whom we worship, that's whom we proclaim, and even especially at the Lord's table, you who, who uh, receive the Lord uh, and do by faith commune with him in the sacrament, proclaim his death until he returns. Proclaiming his death is as important as proclaiming him risen. And we see also Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, they also witnessed Jesus' body as being dead. And they went to the tomb and they saw that he was truly buried, dead and buried. And so far we see two things that are very common or should be very common to all men. They're born, they die, and they return to dust per God's edict. But Jesus, strangely, does not return to dust. He does not even begin to decompose. Anyway, more on that later. The women and the, uh, Joseph then authenticated that Jesus was truly buried. So that's three witnesses. If you count Pilate and the other guards, more. See, God first saw man's wicked unbelief. God knew that there would be rebellion, that these men, as unregenerate men, fallen men in Adam, are really more kin to the serpent, Lucifer, Satan, than they are in the image of God. And that, as such, the, the seed of the serpent will fight the seed of the woman, and that clash necessarily involves conflict, lies, and suppression of the truth. And that's why, sovereignly, the Lord provides witnesses to Jesus suffering his death and his burial. Wicked, wicked speculation and lies, scheming regarding Jesus not having truly died. But all this was providentially determined. Joseph was providentially determined, the women's involvement, all of this. So our task here, what the Lord is giving us, is reasonable evidence, reasonable scripture to believe that Jesus truly died on the cross. And the timing of it was critical too, at the Passover. Jesus was authenticated then in history as having died at the cross. The second point, final point of the sermon, Jesus' enemies attempted then to prevent all reports about any resurrection. Jesus' enemies wanted to prevent all that. The priests and the Sadducees remembered that, that Jesus had spoken of this. He, he said, on, you know, on the third day, well, I will rise. They were listening. You'd be listening and not loving the truth. Herod listened to John the Baptist. He, he loved preaching. Herod just loved to hear John the Baptist. This guy, is, this guy is interesting. But Herod did not love the message of repentance. He did not love the, me the message to seek the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So the Sadducees, you know, and the priests, they, 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 they had good memories. They plotted to prevent any probable speculation about resurrection. 
Now, the, the, the irony here, of course, is that the Sadducees, they, they have no business doing this because they didn't even believe there was a resurrection. What in the world is this? I mean, if they really believed their theology all right, they would have said, look, this is so ridiculous. No, you know, why? You know, this is a don't care, don't bother. But not only did they work to suppress it, uh, really, they wanted to protect their own positions as religious leaders, <laughs> you know, hedging their bets in case, in case they were wrong, because if there was a resurrection, then the whole Sadducees party was doomed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, guys? And of course, if, if the angel comes and proclaims, if an angel comes and makes the announcement as a messenger from heaven that Jesus has risen, then they're doubly doomed because they don't believe in angels either. I mean, this is like, you, do you see any Sadducees walking around? They're done. They're done. Anyway, faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a threat and is the threat to all of Jesus' enemies. Satan has as his tool poison of sin. That's the toxin. That's the toxin he administers. He kills God's creatures. The Lord Jesus vivifies. He's that bronze serpent that's lifted up, and he is the antidote to the bite of the serpent. And so... All hell is plotting and scheming and to this day wants to eliminate any notion of the Lord being rest, uh, raised from the dead. And a great way to do it in North America at this day is to give everybody football and picnics and circuses and all manner of entertainment and keep them from church. Because that's the day of rest and the day of resurrection. The eighth day is the first day. And when the church comes together, they witness what? The resurrection. We witness the resurrection. Is that important? Is that important to you? Well, prove it. Be more regular at church. Sanctify the day. Was it an important day? It's the pivotal day. If there's no resurrection, there's no Christian faith. We might as well, we might, let's go fishing, guys. Let's do something. If, there, if there's no resurrection, this is no better than Mahatma Gandhi or Buddha or the best and finest Western philosophers. But this is not it. This is eternal life. This is the power of God over all enemies, and the enemies of God want to thwart the least vestige of this truth. And so, the enemies then, <clears throat> having heard the report, they went to Pilate. And they were very concerned. And the governor here, of course, has to play both parties. He's governor and he's got to be fair. Here's, here's another irony. Uh, these religious leaders who are so adamant about keeping Sabbath, not even walking so far, especially not to go into the, the courts of a heathen, that was forbidden. Not only did they go into the courts of a, of a heathen, but they, they went into the courts of Pilate, who was a, arranged for the murder of Jesus. 
they're betraying their own consciences to the home of a heathen ruler. Okay? And they asked for, literally in the Greek, custodians, guards for the tomb. Just to make sure, make sure that there was no scheming. Of course, you know what schemers do. They love to uh, talk about the schemes of other people who they think are scheming. <laughs> of course, God, God is not scheming. He's planning, and everything he's doing is doing in broad daylight. But these people are scheming. They asked to place a guard, which Pilate did. Not only that, but he gave him another authentication. He sealed the tomb. This would have been done with a, a good, strong rope, placing a rope around the large stone so that it fits snugly against the tomb mouth, the mouth of the cave, and then sealing it with wax, and then placing an imprint on uh, the hole, uh, the, the signet ring of the governor, making sure that everybody knew that that was by his decree, it was not to be violated. Seal the great stone and tomb with rope and wax, the governor's seal. That was the greatest authentication of all. Pilate and the Jewish leaders then, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, all, we're all actors in a stage. We're, we're, all, we're all in a theater of God's magnificent providence and history. And so Pilate and even the Jewish, Jewish leaders unwittingly, unwittingly, and unwillingly become some of the best witnesses to the verity of Jesus' death and burial. And of course, if you should rise again and the body is never found, very, credible, very, very credible evidence. And of course, you had all the prophecy, but these guys are not reading their Bibles, so they don't care about that. The best witnesses of Jesus' resurrection, Pilate and the Jewish leaders. And so here, God's enemies know that without an actual historical resurrection from the dead, Jesus' gospel, while interesting, would not be uh, valid would not be, it wouldn't have any efficacy, it wouldn't have any power. It's a vain religion. But how many vain churches have we got preaching vain religion since the liberal theology of the 1920s? They continue with a pretense of, of Christianity and not, when they speak of resurrection, they speak in terms of something kin more to philosophy or uh, being born again as, as a psychological uh, experience. Existentialism. It becomes existentialism, not, not historical verity. But we got plenty of people that play act as ministers, putting on robes and even taking the language of the scriptures, but not really communicating in their, in their hearts to the people the actual resurrection. Some people actually stay in those churches and actually believe because they're reading their Bibles and they think what the pastor is saying is the historical, true resurrection of Christ, and they're saved. People are saved regardless. But many churches today are just play-acting. My friends, as we read Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, the Christian faith, it would be powerless. It's all vain without death, burial, and resurrection. So, Jesus' enemies... Sons of, sons of Satan, of the serpent, took great care to discredit any notion of resurrection. And the place to begin was with the body. Let me just conclude then. Credible witnesses, 
proved Jesus to be dead at the cross. His enemies schemed to prevent any rumor of this resurrection because a resurrected Jesus would vindicate his person, his teaching, his gospel. My friend, do you see the importance, the central importance of Jesus' death? First of all, it was to fulfill Scripture, and Scripture had to have been fulfilled. Secondly, it shows the importance of God being the faithful God, always, always true to his word, when he told Adam, in the day that you eat of this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Dying, you shall die. And so death has reigned to all the fallen sons of Adam. But Jesus would have been accepted from that list of the dead, except that God imputed the sins of his people on Jesus on the cross. In other words, Jesus was punished as a sinner. The wrath of God was upon not just any man, but even his beloved son. The Lord here shows himself to be holier than at any other place in history because he will vindicate his holiness even at the cost of his own son, whom he has loved beyond any measure from eternity. But he must do away with sin, which also has us to, to say, you must believe that imputation is not an academic idea. It is as real as, as a hammer blow to your thumbnail. Imputation works. If God declares this man sinful, though he is righteous, he is going to be treated as sinful. And that's what happened with Jesus on the cross. And if this man is wicked and by faith is imputed to be righteous, that man is truly righteous in the eyes of God. And that's why we fight for this foundational cardinal truth. No compromise. Heaven and earth may have as well split into heaven and hell before we budge one inch on this central truth. We must believe that imputation is real, though we hardly understand how. God has declared it, just as God declared all things into being by the word of his power, the space of six days, and all very good. We must believe it. And we must believe further that wrath, wrath is due every sinner. If you are here and you are not converted, if you, are, if you do not have the Spirit of God, if you do not have faith in the Lord Jesus as your only Savior, if that grace of God and the Holy Spirit has not turned you from sin to God himself, if you know nothing of your souls resting in God, if you despise the Lord's day and you have no interest in drawing near to God on the, on the day he's provided, my friends, your mind is still in darkness. You, you give more evidence to be in the camp of the enemy, burying the very truth of Christ and his work, his person, and the truth of the resurrection and the, his death. And furthermore, only a Christian can avail of the death of the Lord Jesus. And here's how we do it. By faith, in union with Christ, we put to death the deeds of our body, our flesh. 
we are able to mortify sin because we ourselves are dead to sin in Christ Jesus. This doctrine is not only valid for, for justification, the doctrine of Jesus' death is valid for our sanctification. And there's no mortifying sin without union in Christ, but Christ is the Christ that died. And that benefit of his death is ours in the Holy Spirit by faith. Are you putting to death the deeds of the body? Or are you saying, well, I believe so God's going to forgive me for everything. He will not forgive you anything unless you are turning from sin and mortifying, putting to death, sin. You have believed a false gospel. For the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the, is the truth of God unto godliness and holiness to everyone who believes. And it must necessarily be so because of his death and burial and resurrection. Let these words then sink very deeply into your ears. Meditate not only on his resurrection. Everyone loves Easter, right? Sure, celebrate Easter, right? Yeah. You better think of Friday. You better think of Passover. That's part of your, that's part of your fellowship in Christ as well. An integral part. How much proof then do you require to believe the gospel? We've got credible witnesses here. Everything's laid out for us historically. Read the gospel narrative. And my friends, blessed are they who have not seen, but who believe this, but who believe this report. Blessed are, are you. If you have faith, you thank the Lord. You take comfort because he has given you the insight of a Joseph of Arimathea. He has given you the spirit of glory, the spirit of the resurrection, the spirit of hope, the spirit of life. You can rejoice in the goodness of your God because you realize the, the fulfillment that Jesus was shamed, crucified brutally among transgressors, was honored by a rich man in the grave awaiting the resurrection. Believe all that. Believe and live. Believe and leave death and all of God's enemies and your enemies. Leave all that behind and come believing and be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's the will of God for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the glorious truths of your gospel. We pray that every bit of it would be ours. We pray that you would, we would relish the work of our Savior. Help us to be bold witnesses today. Help us to be courageous. Help us to be light. Help us to love your truth and avail of all the inheritance that Jesus has for us in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Help us to mortify the deeds of the body, for we died with Christ, and we who have died with Christ will certainly rise with Christ in glory forever.